you don't have to be everything to everyone. You only have to do one thing really well. And once you can do that well, then you can do the next thing, right? So don't do paid and owned and nerd. Don't do it all. Like just pick one. Even with social, pick one channel. Just be like, this is the channel we're going to rule it on. For me, it starts before that though, Alex, right? Like, so my uber power is turning listeners into fans, okay? Customers into evangelists. That's what I do. If I close the doors on lately today, I'm going to take those people with me wherever I go. This is Get Shit Done, a podcast that dives into how women entrepreneurs are gaining traction and growing companies that scale generational impact. Each episode is real talk from women founders who have successfully scaled companies. You'll learn what they did to grow, how they did it, and the tools they used to get it done so you can too. To get access to more episodes of Get Shit Done, along with free traction tools, head on over to shegetshitdone.com. Welcome back to the Get Shit Done podcast, friend. I'm your host, Alex Batdorf, a.k.a. Chief Get Shit Done Officer. Today, we'll be chopping it up with my girl, Kate Bradley Chernis, co-founder of Lately, a platform that uses AI to help you repurpose your content. But more importantly, you're going to learn the key things Kate did to scale to the seven figures with a 98% sales conversion rate that allowed her to raise $3.7 million to date. Here's what I love about any interaction that I have with Kate. She is real as fuck. And you already know that's how we do in the Get Shit Done movement. So when that energy is reciprocated, we just love to see it. And here's what I really loved about our conversation. Kate gets super real about how she feels about her entrepreneurial journey and how messy it can be. Like seriously, y'all, Kate does not hold back. And I know you are going to feel so seen and understood. Plus, she breaks down the key things you can be doing in your marketing and sales to boost your conversion rates and bring in that coin. So get ready for that real talk with the side of education that's going to support you in growing your business, boo-boo. And if you haven't yet, please rate and review this podcast. Nah, seriously, we know you listen every week. It's only going to take 10 seconds. And if you're looking to join a movement of founders and growth allies gaining traction, getting shit done, and scaling generational impact, head on over to shegetshitdone.com slash join. And you already know what time it is. Never forget, friends, fuck 4%. Women own nearly half of businesses, but only generate 4% of total revenues. That ends here with our movement. And without further ado, Kate Bradley Charnas. Kate, welcome to Get Shit Done. Hey, Alex. How you doing? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of laughing because we did a quick check-in before this, but I want to do it as we're recording. <laughs> With all of our guests, if you, if you could describe in one word how you're feeling right now as an entrepreneur in this moment in the business, what word would that be? I mean, you know, it's fuck, 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 fuck. 
Okay. Sometimes it's fuck yeah, but most of the time it's fuck no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, you know, we'll get some people, and I truly believe everyone we ask is like being honest. The last, like, I feel like the ones for the summer were all like optimistic, inspired, tall. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, uh, QQ4 is here. We have 100 days basically left. Fuck. What, what's up for right now? You know, so many levels like on a personal level it was a really exhausting summer for me we were traveling again as a lot of people were because you know covid seemed to be obviously not as scary as it was last year been to a couple conferences that kind of thing on a family level it seems like and and just general politics i guess too like it seems like that multiple layers of weight is not going away and so, like, you know, I'm still feeling this as human, right? I'm trying to navigate it and talk to my therapist about it. And I'm drinking more and hating myself for the more I drink, you know, like, it's like that circle of shit. So, like, there's those layers. And then, you know, lately, of course, is all I do and all I live. And it's a constant... You know, I hate explaining myself. I hate apologizing and I hate explaining. Actually, I don't mind apologizing. I hate apologizing to a fucking asshole when, when like, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> and yeah, and you do it, right? Yeah. Like, and there's reasons that you sometimes have to do that, right? For the greater good, or the fuck that means. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think the, <sighs> so I've become, so good at compartmentalizing right i'm an expert yep it doesn't seem like there's an end to a thing i can't compartmentalize and, and let me give you an, an example so on a personal level a state trooper hit me head on going the wrong way in my lane three years ago it's been an ongoing case there were now i was actually awarded the highest amount ever for this case they tore four ligaments in my shoulder. So I had rotator cuff surgery where you wear a piece of metal around your waist and that attaches from your waist to your elbow, just like, you know, the guy in Splash, not hot. And you sleep sitting up for six weeks and then you have oh. hours of physical therapy for nine months. I couldn't put on a bra for two months, wow. you know, let alone wipe my own ass, right? I mean, just all these things. I'm right-handed. Mm. So uh, let alone type, type. You know, like I happen to already use voice activated software because I have a partial permanent disability. So like, luckily I could still function, but anyways, so, and now we're in appeals. So like they're on the personal level, like I had to stand up to an authoritative force, right. And, and compartmentalize all the pain around that. Because they tried to make me feel as though I had done something wrong. Of course, they tried to look, you know, plant drugs in my cars and lie about the whole thing. It was this whole fucking thing. So in in one level of my life, I'm compartmentalizing stuff like that. Or, you know, I had a terrible argument with my sister. Terrible argument. And I'm so upset about it. And she could give a fuck. And her children are involved. So it's beating me up every day, right? Now, this stuff all sucks. What's amazing is I've got investors, venture capitalists who shit on me all day long. You know, I don't cry about that stuff anymore, Alex. It still hurts, but it's just like, well, I know that. I know how to compartmentalize that. 
pain, right? I can still, I got a whole drawer. I got a closet full of that. It's Narnia full of that shit, you know? Mm. And sometimes I get to the point of where maybe I'm in denial where like I'm compartmentalizing so much that it might be impractical because I literally feel like I can't get through my day if I really think about the severity of what the fuck is going on, you know? Like most of the time I have a month of runway. Most of the time. Yep. Oh, that's real shit. I want (laughs) to... I want to stay here for a moment, especially around compartmentalizing, because when you said that, it triggered because I say this all the time. I am a master compartmentalizer since I was a kid. I don't want to feel the thing. Okay, I got to keep going. And in some ways, you have to do that as an entrepreneur leading a company. There's some things like, especially it's like, when you're in like what a peacetime versus wartime, a lot of startups are constantly in wartime because it's like, shit, how are we going to get through this? You know, and you can't be frazzled when you're, you have, you have to find peace within it. The thing that I think through, because my dad had mental health issues and it, I'm always like, whoa, because it, living in New York, I see people, and this is probably sounds really dark, but when I see people on the trains that, you know, on the outside, people are like, oh, they're crazy. No, they, they're suffering from mental illness. And it could be any one of us because there's mm-hmm. probably a moment that they had a break. Yeah. What caused that break? And there's moments in me where I'm like, the amount of shit, whether it's personally in the business that I have to compartmentalize over years now. Yeah. That compounding. Compounding. And it's like, of course, I do the therapies. I do the work help. Like making sure I'm taking care of myself. But is there ever a break? Yeah. And when does it happen for who? And that is the one thing where it's like on one end, compartmentalizing can be magical. On the other, at what point is it detrimental, even with like drinking? You know, like I, I just need to feel something. Let me go to the bar real quick. Right. Yeah. So all of this is, yeah. is valid and normal behavior. Right. Yeah. That's real shit. So fuck. Yes. Great, great, great word yeah. to start with. And real <laughs> as fuck. Real as fuck. Man, what's my, what's my word? I would say it's probably, mine right now is fuck it. Like, it's like, I'm in this, like, I, I'm <laughs> accepting what is. I'm at peace. Like, my, my birthday was in August. And the word, like, thank you. The word that I wanted for this year and what I wanted to feel was peace. Mm. And I feel like I'm keeping that promise to myself. And as we're getting to the end of the year, I'm about to go into Q4, things usually get really crazy. And usually I get into like anxiety and forcing all this shit where now I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, we're doing all the things. Me getting frazzled is not gonna make this thing go faster. So fuck it, <laughs> like fuck it. We're doing everything we need. Yeah, my my so my meditation app guy, Sam Harris, I like him 10 minutes and he's not he's very practical and and not all no breathe through your eyelids like that crap, you know, <laughs> I hate that. Um, shit. Stop talking to me this way. Just talk normal. Yeah, it's so annoying. By the way, authors read their books like that. They're oh, terrible readers. It's like the freaking the people that do the the news where I'm like, why are you speaking this way? Just speak yeah, why I just want you to speak like a normal person. Yeah, dun dun dun. Right, like what they're trying to do is like, (laughs) 
it's sunny today. Um, <laughs> no, anyways, the thing that Sam said was the day will come anyways. Mm. Right. So Damn, there's no reason deep. to watch it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, I love it. What a great way to kick this off, especially for any of you that have felt shitty or like feel like fuck. Fuck yeah, fuck it, fuck yes. This is this is entrepreneurship. What a way to kick it off. So before we get into all the amazing things you've done and are doing, we like to take it back, give a little bit of context. So what in the hell were you doing before you started lately that got you here? Uh, yeah, well, so you know this, but I, I used to be a rock and roll DJ, Alex. Love that. My last gig was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day for XM satellite radios. <laughs> Love this uh, video. Wild ride, of course. I mean, I, I, I loved some of it for sure. I mean, it was cool as hell. Don't get me wrong. And I'd been in radio for a long time. The format I was in was, it's called AAA. There's not a lot of stations in the country, but it's basically album rock. So not just the hits. And across multiple genres and multiple decades. So really the way that most people listen to music and to, and really focused on theater of the mind, the role of the programmer, the DJ as, um, you know, your, your leader in a journey, like that, that conversation that you have. So kind of old school, like seventies radio, you know, late night type of radio, but all day long, <laughs> And so being surrounded at what at the time was like the Disney of that between all these crazy DJs, you know, who really lived and breathed that was a wild ride. The wildness is what I love. I mean, I was a line cook all through middle school, high school and college. Everything that Tony Bourdain wrote is true. I lived it. That's wild. It's a lawless thing that happens in the kitchen. Radio is the same way. It, it was lawless when I was there. And <clears throat> guess what? <laughs> Entrepreneurship, same deal. Lawless. Yes, absolutely. Right? I love that. It's because it's forgiving. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's exciting. You're making your own rules. You're, everyone's flying the ship as you build it, right? There's no handbook to any of it. But there's still what all three have in common, by the way. There's still this collective synchronicity to get the meal up hot and beautiful at the same time. Make sure that the show goes on, you know, make sure that the, the product is, is live and breathing and customers and investors and all the things are coordinating and syncing up. So that dichotomy I love. There's a big push and pull there. Oh, yeah. I, I did also used to own a marketing agency <laughs> and I built oh, a- We're going to get there. You have a lot of marketing experience. <laughs> I was looking at your LinkedIn. It was like marketing, marketing, marketing. I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> Yeah, who am I? So uh, yeah, I had an agency and I built Walmart a, a spreadsheet system that got them 130% ROI year for year for three years, and, which is, you know, some of the precursors to, to lately. But, you know, th those are the things I was doing in, in a nutshell. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you actually just, you know, did a nice segue into getting to lately. First of all, drop the mic, the fact that you built out something for Walmart that helped them to get, you said, what, 130% increase year over year? Yep. Amazing. Like literally one of the like top 10 largest companies in the world. So Thanks. what made you start lately and what problem is it solving? 
So lately specifically wasn't my idea. So one of my, my friends, Steve, not no longer my friend or co-founder now, because we had quite a row. Been, been there, girl. <laughs> yeah. Been there. Shit happens, man. You know? <laughs> so Steve met me through a Walmart contact and had heard about my spreadsheets. And his world was this world, was, was software as a service, venture capital. He'd had several exits, both good and bad, and, and knew a, a land I had no idea about. And kept insisting on seeing this spreadsheet system that I had, was using now for all my clients. I had a marketing agency and had long left radio and, and you know, still pretty lawless. And when I was doing it, because I was taking everything I learned about radio, you know, I wrote hundreds and hundreds of commercials. I, I learned how to be the pro a production director in radio. So not only just a, a jock picking songs and all that jazz, but but what else went on? Where was the money in radio? And it was in voiceovers and production because there was no money in radio. So anyways, I got good at that. And I was also a fiction writing major in college. So, you know, I understood the idea of crafting words to put an image in your mind and to get you to do something or to feel something, you know, inherently. So Steve was very curious about all these spreadsheets and kind of was harassing me to see them on a regular basis. He happened to be traveling between upstate New York and New York City and driving right by my house on a four-hour journey on a weekly basis. So he was always around, you know, hey, can I stop by? We'll have a drink or hang out, have some lunch. And he kept saying, you know, we only need $25,000 and we could build some wires, wireframes and automate your spreadsheets. So those are three ideas I were totally foreign to me. First of all, $25,000. I mean, I lived on two-buck chuck and ramen. <laughs> right. It's like only 25000 It's just like, where? Oh, where is, is it falling from the sky? Where is that? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And I was buying- This is such a man stuff. thing to do. Only $25,000. we were like, what the fuck? <clears throat> yeah. To, to you. Although, you know, now, Alex, like having, I've raised $3.7 million. So like- yep. Now, $25,000 doesn't seem like a lot to me. Yeah. Oh, my last company, right? you couldn't even get in the round. You, the minimum was 25000 The minimum was twenty five. Yeah. So it's yeah. sort of, that's a, a, what you're pointing out is the perspective. And it sounds, I, I feel like such a shit eater <laughs> kind of saying that. Well, it's only until you experience it, right? Yeah. 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 And this is the world where, I mean, this is the world I'm in, you know, so tangent real quick. I don't know if you guys have seen the Ford commercial. I've been watching Hulu and this commercial is on where they're talking about how essentially the, they're talking about Elon Musk, but they're also talking about the left. There's no doubt about it. How the smarty pants is when they get scared, they run away into their own spaceships in the sky. But we at Ford, we are tough. We are real people. And uh, it's insulting to me because I am a real person and my family yeah. are real people. And they're putting me in this box. And I want them to say like, yeah, okay, go away in our spaceships. But we also, you know, go to our own golf courses, Mr. Redhead. You know, so let's, let's <laughs> even out. <laughs> Who's running away exactly? Is it all the rich, buck, rich, smart people are running away from reality? I don't think that's true. But anyways, so, and I didn't understand automating my spreadsheets. Like, don't touch my fucking spreadsheets, Steve. They're awesome. What are you thinking? And I didn't know what a wireframe was. You know, so Steve ended up taking the money out of his own pocket and bringing in his friend, Jason, who's now my very good friend and co-founder. 
And they came over on a Sunday night to show me what they had built. And they'd taken my whole system and sort of manifested it into a website. And I still didn't really get it, but I respected that this guy did what he said he was going to do. And I could see I didn't like working for other people. I mean, I fucking hated it. And even though I owned my own company, I was still at the mercy of, you know, I mean, I had to fire United Way worldwide for my life. And I lost like $140,000 doing that, which is like a big win for me because <clears throat> there are such doinks. And they kept asking me to turn over the collateral. And I kept telling them, it's in a Google Doc. It's live. There's nothing to turn over. You own it, you motherfuckers. And they couldn't understand that because they're so fucking dumb. Mm. Yikes. A lot of tangents in my life. But so suddenly I was like, all right, I'll do this. I want to do this, but I got to be the boss. <laughs> and Steve started laughing. He's like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that part of this because he knew what this job was. You know, he knew. And then we were off to the races and, you know, since then, let me say the good things, Alex, right? So this is hard for me to do, not because I have imposter syndrome, but because I live in that zero to one kind of binary level of success. But we've raised $3.7 million. We have 458 customers. We have nearly a million in monthly recurring revenue or annual recurring revenue. And I have a great team who I love so much. And, you know, we get accolades all the time. We have a 98% sales conversion. I increased Gary Vaynerchuk's engagement by 12,000%, yada, yada, yada. The fact is, though, those things are great, but I a thousand, a million percent feel like a failure. Let's let's walk through that because, oh, okay. First of all, I want to applaud you for the fact that for, for those of you listening, what she just did was pat herself on the back. Because I hate when people tell women to be humble. That's usually never our problem. Uh, literally talk yourself up. That's what gets us into rooms. And you can do it in such an amazing, graceful way like you just did it. But the real shit is there's this thing people do where whatever they see on the outside, they think that is the reality for you. So I will get people that come up to me and they're just like, oh my God, like maybe they haven't seen me in a while. And all they see is like LinkedIn posts. And they're like, you're killing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, because you saw a post? Like, and the intention, they're not bad people. They're good people. And it's because this is how we now connect and socialize. But a lot of times I'd be like, oh my God, if you only were inside my brain and how I feel, yeah. And not to say that I feel that way, like bad all the time, but there's this, this feeling of, I haven't done enough. So I would love to hear more about what does feeling like a failure, what does that look like for you? Why? Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like it's a good thing. You're not my neighbor. We would be in a lot of trouble together. We could. We would live. I think we would just like, <laughs> hey, let's get a drink. And it would be every night. <laughs> we cause some problems. Yeah. You know, well, so one thing I wanted, my, my friend Adam, oh, Adam, why is your name? Helloway. Sorry, Adam. He calls it intentional authenticity. And so that's this idea of 
having a persona in one place or another. They're all true, but it's not the whole whole piece, right? So like I live that on radio. Who I am on the radio is me, but it's also not me. Who I am on LinkedIn is me, but also not not me, right? It's like I have, it's you parts. Have parts. I have an intention there. I mean, my intention there is build a brand, sell some shit, you know. And so when I put my I put my worst foot forward quite a lot because that sells the most shit, believe it or not. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I, I just posted this hilarious VC email where somebody turned me down, rejected me and called me, called my company another name and and then said a bunch of other stupid shit. And so I just quoted and posted it to this morning, 14,000 views on that. It's 14,000. Because <laughs> people like rejection, right? Yeah. I mean, is that amazing? What the fuck is the question, Alex? Failure. So you can have, uh, oh, yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I, I literally, we would get in a lot of trouble because I will do this in <laughs> in conversation with people because I'd be like, oh, it's the story. And this detail is really important. Then I'm like, wait, how did I get here? Yeah. No. I don't think in a straight line. No. I, I don't, I'm literally like, do, 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 do. So this resonates with me. Totally get it. Really about like, you can have all these accolades on the, the outside. People are going to be like, oh my God, you're killing it. You're amazing. But you still feel like a failure. Why is that? I haven't lived up to my own standard, of course, right? So do you think my, you'll ever? You know, yes and no. I, I do achieve the things I set out to achieve, but I also constantly raise the bar, which I do believe everybody should. I mean, the, the whole essence of being human is to not to achieve perfection, but to try to. That's your reason to live. That's, that's the reason to live, right? Be better every day. And, and more than that, be the best you can be in every way, right? Whatever that means. So, I mean, I'm not out to undermine myself by any means. I am, I do have an addictive personality. I used to smoke and loved it and was very good at it. And I love I'm, that you said you were good at smoking. <laughs> oh, yeah, really good. <laughs> you were like a tobacco company is like... Poster child, for real. Be good at it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, if you're gonna do something terrible, like just do it all the way. And I, that's what I think, but that's what I need to do. Like, I have to go down and come out, whatever it is, you know. So I have this OCD kind of addictive nature for sure, and I see that around lately. It's like I just fucking have to do it. I have to do. I have to get this place. I have to do this thing. I just have to do it, you know, and. And I'm aware, though, I'm very super self-aware. So, like, I don't feel like it's unhealthy unless I wasn't aware, you know. It, and I have, I don't have a chip in my shoulder. I've got a goddamn couple of planets, one in each, you know, right? Like, I got something to prove, Alex, don't you? Of course you do. Absolutely. Right. That's why it, yeah. resonated, it resonated when you said, you know, you... You want to be the best and you keep raising the bar. The only thing that had has fucked me up in the past and thank God for therapy and coaching and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, one of the coaches I had, shout out to Jax Black, she was like, you, it's okay to keep raising the bar, but she was like, breathe through your celebrations. Mm -hmm. Breathe. Yeah. I was like, I, w I would get to the thing and I'm, and I achieve, I'm a ch an achiever. I get it done when I'm, when I say I'm going to do something, I fucking do it. Literally. When I put it out there, I do it. The only problem was I was holding my breath at each thing. It was like, mm -hmm. I couldn't actually enjoy it. Same. 
I couldn't I en- let myself enjoy it because it was like, now I need to get to the next thing. Same. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you do enjoy it, the next thing will slip away before you can do it a little bit. You know, like that's the difference between an entrepreneur and a great entrepreneur, I believe. Right. Like we have things to celebrate and I do celebrate them, but it's not very long. It's just one second because the the fucking sky is falling. (laughs) I mean, it is all the time, right? It is in my world. And and that it's not it's not an exaggeration. I mean, people's lives are at stake. My can I pay my mortgage next week? Can I exactly. my whole team yes. could buy fucking food for their yep. kids? People are depending on me, you know? And I I'm thankful my husband, he's he always jokes, but he's serious actually. His his like role in, in the world is to make me laugh. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that. Thank God, because it's not my nature. You know, I'm, I'm a, I am negative. I'm a glass half empty person, you know, whereas he pays everyone a compliment all the time. Me all day long. All he does is pay me compliments. All I do is tell him what he's doing wrong, you know, <laughs> but I put out. So for even. At least you're self-aware and at least it works for y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think. That is a necessary quality to get to where we want to get. Like, I am not interested in winning. I'm interested in beating the fucking machine. It's the system. Yeah. But it's the system. Yep. It's the system. Yes. Oh, this resonates so much. Yeah, we couldn't live next to each other. So <laughs> I appreciate that. And for anyone listening, like, how often we feel that way because we'll hear shit around entrepreneurship and it's like sunshine rainbows, especially when it's geared towards women. And it's like, but I don't fucking feel that way today. And actually I don't feel that way a lot of the times and it's okay. I do want to hop to the things you've done really well. You've, you've said a couple of them, but the specifics. So a lot of your background is marketing and you do distribution. Well, I mean, fuck you were in, you were in radio. It's all distribution. It's, it's like all the things. Like it makes so much sense why you're here and why you built the company you're, you're building. But for a lot of founders, and especially what we see in our community, a lot of this game is distribution and getting the word out and as much as possible so you can get the awareness, fill your pipeline with leads, which we're going to get to because you have a 98% conversion rate, which is incredible. But I want to start with that awareness piece and what advice would you have for founders that are like, I need to build awareness. I don't have the budget. Mm. I don't have the things, but something you do well is you are constantly, you do a lot of guerrilla marketing. You're on the ground. You are out speaking. You're doing a lot of stuff. So from your experiences in radio to now building lately, what would you say to an entrepreneur that's coming to you saying, I need, Kate, I need to build awareness. I don't have a budget, but I know we need to, we need to fill the funnel, but we don't, we don't have the budget to do it. Yeah, it's hard. You have to start somewhere. It takes a long time. I, 
I believe in the long tail, Google it if you don't know what that means, and the power of the long tail to come back and overwhelmingly succeed over any kind of quick fix or more immediate kind of marketing. And that's because I saw it in radio. So I know, I know it really well. You don't have to be everything to everyone. You only have to do one thing really well. And once you can do that well, then you can do the next thing, right? So don't do paid and owned and nerd. Don't do it all. Like just pick one, even with social, pick one channel. Just be like, this is the channel we're going to rule it on. You know, for me, it, it starts before that though, Alex, right? Like, so my, my, my uber power is turning listeners into fans. Okay. Customers into evangelists. That's what I do. If I close the doors on lately today, I'm going to take those people with me wherever I go. Yep. Right. Yeah. So how do you do that? And that's the magic thing. This is going to sound fluffy, but what I've learned is, I mean, this is, you're doing it right now, is when you are, it's like my husband, he's a guitar player. He's been called the best guitar player in New York by Eric Amble, Joan Jett's guitar player. And it's because he doesn't get on stage solo. He fills the space around everyone else. Okay. It's the same thing when you are, if I'm walking into a, a cocktail party or something for networking, okay, I don't need to walk in there shouting and doing karaoke and all the things to get attention. I don't need to be the person holding court. I need to be the person making other people feel yep. that they're the light in the room. That's the magnet. And they come, they walk away and they remember me. Right. When you start to think this way, it's contagious to other people. My whole team acts like this. And part of it is their nature. They're, they're, some of them didn't know how ma magnetic they were. I had to, I did have to show them. You know, and that can be as simple as writing someone's bio in a way that reflects their success, because that's something that most people don't know how to do is even write about their own successes, right? Because people inherently think they're boring, Alex, right? So on that note, there's some entertainment here that is part of what I do. You know, I know that. And I leverage the fuck out of it. Like I thought we could talk about what I do. I'll also, I'll bring it down to earth in a second, but I thought a lot about, okay, I too, I don't have any resources for marketing. I don't have any budget, even though I'm really good at it. I can't do it for my own company. I don't fucking have time for that. I have, there's a lot more product needs me, investors, like all the things. Sales, you know? yep. Yeah, right. More important things. And I thought I had a, I had an epiphany, which was like, okay, I know we need content. I know how important content is. I don't, I'm amazing at writing. I don't even have time to write blogs for us or newsletters. Like every time I try to like do one and then move on. And so I thought, well, what can I do without thinking about it? Oh, I can be on the air. I don't even have to prepare for that ever. And so I started to ask people if I could be guests on their podcasts, right? And I know I can be a great guest because this is what I do for a living or did. And then what if we ran this podcast through my own AI? So instead of thinking about marketing as so owned media, now it's earned media. And the win here is 
I don't care if you have two listeners or 20 million. I'm going to take this. I'm going to break it up into 40 social posts that all have the video clips attached to them. Each social post could just simply be a quote of what you or I say. This is what I did for Walmart by hand that Lily does now automatically. So it could be just a, a cool one-line quote. The fuck it list and why? I don't know, right? Linking back to the full version of this. All 40 posts are going to tag you. If I had launched all those 40 posts in one week, you're going to be like, Kate, you're annoying me. But if I drip feed them like a long tail out over time, once every two weeks for 80 weeks, every time you see her, you're going to be like, oh, I loved her, retweet, you know, et cetera. When you do this, I know it's content and I know it's engaging content because I know my audience. They are marketers, entrepreneurs, women for the most part, or other people who want to support underdogs. So those are points you and I are talking about here today on purpose. I know this. Even if you didn't ask me these questions, I'd get there anyways. Right? Now, in social media, there's only two calls to action, click or share. It's very easy. And clicking is harder because in order to get someone to click, they really have to have to trust you and know you. There's one exception and it's how-to content. But anyways, shares are easy. People share because it's about the ego. They want to look good. When you share someone else's content, suddenly you become the owner of it. Just like a record in, in college, someone brings you, you know, a new album from, I don't know, Tribe Called Quest, and you share the album. Now you're the cool person in the room. You're the tastemaker. Same thing. So these one-liners that you or I are saying today are those, and I know it. Right? Yeah. I love, that was just like a mass, master class in marketing. I love this. So you mentioned 98% conversion and you just said, which I've said this before on this podcast, marketing and sales work hand in hand and marketing is absolutely important, but your number one jo job as the founder is sales period, because without sales, you don't have a company and marketing gives you the pop the opportunities and can amplify the opportunities but you need to be focusing in on sales and you just said you don't even do the marketing for your i don't do it our, our marketing manager does it so how in the hell did you get to a 98 percent conversion rate can you walk us through what you do phenomenally well as the founder doing sales that enables you to get to that level of conversion yeah thanks it's that process right so when I have 40 social posts that I know are going to get me the highest engagement, now I, I now have a company that does this. This is what Lately does, right? So I have artificial intelligence behind this that's actually pulling out which one-liners will resonate with my audience the most. Now, once we broadcast that content that I just described, we broadcast it both on our brand channels and then also on all of the employee channels because together we're stronger, right? I'm in the business of building fans. My, my customers actually are too, because they're all marketers, right? And my employees are as well. So now I've got exponential microphones happening here. And we watch to see now the 98% is on our enterprise side. We have a 49% on our self-serve side. On the enterprise side, we're watching to see who likes comments and shares. Those are warm leads, right? 
And it's very easy for Katie, my 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 lady does this. She can quickly qualify. You know, you can just look at someone's account. Are they going to be a good fit for our enterprise product? And then she can start a conversation because that's her her uber power. So she'll make a comment about like, oh, I see you were at CM World last week. Go Cleveland, whatever. And then she can ping Chris in my sales channel. Hey, Chris, just tagged you up on Twitter. This guy's a ringer. And Chris will get in there and do a DM and get them into the product. Now, the product does sell itself because believe me, we fucked up the demo 50,000 ways sideways. And it's, you know, people do go, holy shit, still, which is great. But by the time they're in there, they're ready to buy because they know us and they trust us. And trust is, is the reason, trust is everything. Like this is what, this is what that long tail is all about. We haven't had a day in three years where someone hasn't somehow spontaneously talked about us online somewhere. So we've built this trust where we know they already know us by the time they get to us, right? Now with the self-serve product, it's actually the same thing, but I don't have to qualify anybody. All I have to do is drive to my homepage, right? And then that make sure that funnel does its job there. What does that look like for us? You know, Sometimes we're good at it. Sometimes we break it. We have to figure out what that is. The whole, the whole thing is about, it's the not sale, sale, right? Make a fan, make a fan to make a sale. So that's, that's my team's job. When they do a demo, no sale sweat. We always say it and we mean it, but we know people will buy it anyways by the time they get there, right? I think people forget, Alex, that, I don't know why. I, I don't even think they forget it. I know from all the emails, I, all the fucking emails I get on or DMs I get on sale, on on LinkedIn where people are like, hey, Kate, thanks for letting me connect with you. Now I'm going to sell you something. You know, and I'm like, hey, listen, I know that your word partner means sale. We all know this now. And you just met me. You can't just pitch me right now. We got to like have a conversation and hang out. Like you guys are so dumb at this. So we don't do that ever. Right. And it's because we think about the golden rule, which is like, what is it? When, when I buy stuff, why? When do I buy it and how do I buy it? Every time I get a phone call from spam risk, <laughs> right? I I delete that thing. I'm not answering any any call I don't ever know. Ever, ever, ever. Never. I never, I get emails never. all day. Never from people telling me, hey, Kate, LinkedIn told me you have 23 employees. I have seven. So you're already fired as, as a sales pitcher for me. Right. Or whatever it is. So like, if that's not how I buy, what, when do I buy? I buy like today, we started this conversation before we hit record. I told you about three products that I totally loved, right? That's how people buy. So how do I, if I'm not a CPG, which I'm not, now that's a lot harder for software because I, I know I can't demonstrate it for anyone on, on Instagram. I mean, I can, but it's not doesn't work. There's not a human being. Nobody wants to watch software flow by. So how do I do it? And the way you do it is just talking to people, you know? Yes. I love this. Such a good extension to, to the, the piece on marketing. It's like all of these things work so well together. And because we're always trying to find those quick wins. And then like, for example, I was talking to a founder yesterday and they were like, saying an investor through due diligence was like, well, why isn't this viral yet? And you can tell this person has never been a fucking operator themselves. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, was, what do you think? It's a fucking switch, you dumbass. Like, yeah, no. they do. The, the, actually, some of the worst investors I've ever met in my life 
are the ones that clearly have never built anything themselves because yeah. they're the love, the lack of empathy and the level of expectation is ridiculous. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I digress. That's I love true. everything you just said. So <laughs> you are one of the very few women who has scaled to this level. Only 1.7% of women entrepreneurs have ever gotten to a million. That's why we're here. It is how do we redefine what scale looks like and the stories and steps of the women who have done it. That's why we say fuck 4%. We want more women to be able to do it, move through the revenue pipeline. Yeah. So based on where you're at now, and because we want to crush that 4%, have more women rise, what are you focused on now in the business to get to the next level? Product. Product like growth. It sounds so obvious that we all want our products to be awesome. Of course we do, right? But it, it is not that easy. Shit gets in the way. You know, we all make mistakes. Hopefully we make lots of mistakes, right? And learn from them. We've done things we knew not to do, but there were reasons we did them anyways, knowing that we'd have to get back to it, right? Now, thank God my team is nimble and smart enough to be able to get back to it, right? And timing is everything. I totally believe that. Like all the fuck ups we've ever had, whether they've been our fault or not, I would never trade any of them because they are, the payoff is huge. You know, we're only here because of all that. But the, the product, you know, you obviously value is the first thing, right? Is it valuable? We know it is. We're constantly questioning that ourselves because we have, you know, we have people who churn. Of course we do. And they have shitty experience. And we ask them why, or we can see why. Was there a product we're not communicating? Do we miscommunicate on the front side? They expect something else. Were we targeting on the wrong person? They shouldn't have been here anyways. There's all these, all that stuff, you know? And then we're thinking again ourselves, putting ourselves in the shoes. Like, what's it like when we use products we love? Why do we use them? Is my KPI different than a customer's KPI? That's a big question that we learn to ask ourselves from a really from Mark that Robert. Is an interesting question. It's a good one. Think about yeah. that because my KPI, this this actually fucked my business up, but taught me the biggest lesson. As an entrepreneur, my KPI is almost always monthly recurring revenue in, in SaaS land, right? Now, for us, that was actually obscuring what was our customer's most important KPI. And so our retention was not as good as we believed it to be. But we didn't, we didn't know, you know? And by the time we did know, we had to backpedal quite a bit and make there was a whole series of things we had to fix before we could actually fix it. What was it but for your customer? For them, it's actually publishing 20 times in one month, at a minimum of, of AI generated content of our content, right? How do we get them to do that? Awesome. So you're focused on the product for anybody to get to the next level. For anyone that's listening in, how could they support you as you get to the next level? Yeah. Give me money. <laughs> Come on, Kate. This is you. There's a masterclass in marketing here and also a masterclass in what we call shout out to Rachel Renock, BVE, big vagina energy, like <laughs> just going in and saying whatever the fuck you need and literally no, uh, not, so unapologetic. I love this. Yes. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. It's so simple, right? I mean, I hate it when, when investors are like, 
And I love my investors very much, the ones that are my investors. We've been very lucky and have avoided a number of total douchebags that we almost took their money in. Like then something happened, didn't, thank God. But, but like that, you know, how can I be useful or how can I be, I really want to be, you know, involved. Like when I, whenever I hear that, I think red flag, you know, I want to be left alone. That's what I want. No, I want to be able to access you when I need you. Yes. <laughs> I want to be left alone. Give me the fucking money and go. I do. I mean, I have things to do, but like, it's still recognizing the value. Knowing when to ask for help is very important, right? And knowing who to ask. I, I do. I have like about 60 investors actually, and all of them have di- a different skill set. So I have to know, and I have to remember too, who to call on when like, I'm like, you know, I feel like I don't really know how to calculate gross margin. What is that? Like, who's the person that, might have this knowledge, but then can actually teach me who I can learn from. That's a whole different set, you know, or maybe my COO, Lauren, is going to be working on this project. So who can Lauren learn from, you know, or also like, who can I tap more than once? Some people, they don't want me to bother them either, which is totally fine. You know, there's some people that are such big guns. I have to know when to call in that army and when it, and be very judicious about it because I don't want to waste my, my token. It's a lot of metaphors, but the, the money thing is more than money too. It's validation. It's acknowledgement. It's, it's faith, obviously. I mean, that's all it is. It's faith at our level <laughs> to be, to be real with it, but it is contagious. You know that, right? When one invests, you know, all those dominoes fall. It's true. I'm tired, Alex. I'm yeah. not going to lie about that. I'm tired. I love this. How real this is. So for the investors out there, give Kate money. Thank you so much for listening to Get Shit Done. We hope you got the traction tips you need to grow your company on your own terms. If you want to learn more traction tips like these from Badass Women Entrepreneurs Weekly, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, queen, show us some love by rating and reviewing this podcast. This really helps us reach and serve more women like you in slaying their way to traction. And if you're looking for more support on your scaling journey, head on over to shegetsshitdone.com slash join, where you'll become a part of the movement of women entrepreneurs giving 4% the middle finger. Until next time, queen, I'm Alex Batdorf reminding you, you got this. Now go out there and get shit done.